This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Survive in advance or die trying. Week three was complete carnage in <laughs> NFL survivor polls all over the country. Plus, we've got questionable coaching decisions, more bad news bears on a Sunday, which has become tradition. A 70 spot in an NFL game, Michael, and I don't know about you, but I'm feeling all 22. Yes, that was a Taylor Swift reference because I am here for the Travis Kelsey era. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bon and Tony. Safe to say on this edition of the Lombardi Line, Michael, there is no shortage of content for us. How are you today? I'm really good. How are you? How are you doing today? Um, I'm good, except for the survivor carnage involved me as well. But other than that, yeah. you know, I'm 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 okay. I'm you know I'm making it. Making I, I it could around. understand that. I mean, look, you know, everybody, you know, everybody kind of went through it, right? I, I think to me, the problem you get into is the options were not not as many people took <sighs> Dallas as they thought they would have, but and a lot of people took Kansas City. But I mean, look, I thought it was a good play. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a good play. It ended up not being a good play. I, I I don't know how to explain Jacksonville to anybody. I mean, how do you allow a fullback to truck? It's 17 to 14. You're back in the game. You're thinking you're going to win. And you squib kick it to a fullback, and you can't get him on the ground. The guy was looking back. He was thinking that there had to be a penalty on the play. Michael, it was just an embarrassing performance all around. Like, there was nothing that I saw from Jacksonville that felt endearing at any point in that game. And it was one of those instances where, like, again, I had to turn the TV off because there's just no point in watching at this point. For anybody who missed it, uh, the Jags got dogged in that game. Um, 73% 
of the survivor pool now here for Circus Survivor, Michael, from the time that this thing started, are officially out. I'll give you the numbers. We're down from 9,267 to now just 2,481 entries left after only three weeks. And there's still a handful of entries, by the way, that are in the mix today with the doubleheader on Monday Night Football, which, by the way, we will preview throughout the course of the show. Um, but going into yesterday... Just shy of 6,000 entries were remaining. That was cut down by 58% because so many entries, myself included, Brent Musburger included, my guy Matt Brown, who's my former co-host here at Visa, and he had three entries all in Jacksonville, all out. The Ravens lose um, to the Colts in that weird field goal game and the Dallas Cowboys. So just massive, massive losses yesterday. I mean, it's just, it's hard to really get your, you know, to understand how could this happen, right? Like, and then when you look at the box score and and what Stroud was able to do, you know, throwing for 280 yards, not turning the ball over. Tank Dell. Uh, how good was Tank Dell? I mean, unbelievable. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't run the football effectively in the game and yet they still win. I mean, there's just like, how does this happen? You know, if you're Jacksonville now, you got to get on an airplane and fly over to London. With this, you've lost two straight home games. One, you know, okay, you lost to probably the best defense in the in the AFC, but now you just lost to the Houston Texans, who have nobody who missing most of their team. You know, Stingley went on IR. The safeties were gone. I mean, if there was ever a time you're going to win this game, it would have been now. Yeah, And, and the fact is, you had. You had all this opportunity to promote your, to get your team to understand that we lost at home to these guys last year because mm-hmm. we turned it over. I feel like mass exodus and survivor like three years in a row for a lot of people has come on Jacksonville. I'm so tainted from this team now. I just, I want nothing to do with them. They go in as a seven and a half, eight point favorite, lose this game by 20. Just embarrassing in so many areas, Michael. And because you mentioned flight, did you see the all the flight issues that happened with Pittsburgh over the last 24 hours? Yeah, I saw that. Crazy. I, it's, I mean, that's a hard thing. I don't know what, what would happen. Uh, I don't know what would happen. You know, like they landed in Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't, you know, like did they get a hotel room or they stay in there? But, you know, again, what a great win for them in, 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 in uh, Las Vegas last night. But then... Now they got to fly back down to Houston. But you could see Pittsburgh last night. They were in control of that game. They were going to win that game. You know, Las Vegas turns the ball over. Six interceptions from Garoppolo in yeah. three games. You can't win beating anybody like that. Las Vegas and Minnesota and the Giants have yet to force a, tur- have yet to force a turnover. Yeah, for I mean, think about that. For the Raiders, seven turnovers in three games, and they don't have a takeaway No, I'm sorry. Themselves. It's the Giants and the Rams. I'm sorry, the Rams, too. Now, the Rams play tonight. But when you can't force turnovers and you give up six, you're not going to win it. You're not going to beat anybody. I, w- I want to get your perspective on the end of that game last night, Michael, because I feel like it's very fresh in a lot of people's minds. Sunday night football, final score, Steelers beat the Raiders 23-18. to 18. To set the scene for some people who, in case they, they did miss it, the Raiders were trailing 23-7. They end up having this long 11-play drive, score, convert the two-point conversion. Um defense gets a stop they get the ball back and Michael in a situation where you're down eight your defense does what they need to and you drive down the field and things stall instead of going for it on fourth and four from their from the eight yard line they kick the field goal um 
How, take me through this decision from Josh McDaniels, and he, and he defended it afterwards. He said, you're going to need another possession anyways. Do you agree with the thought process yep. that he had here or not? I disagreed with the when he went for it on fourth and eight. He's, he's a fourth. I think he was second and 35. Remember this with 13 minutes in the fourth quarter. They had a chance there. And they got it to they got it to within fourth and four, and he went for it, and they don't get it. I would have kicked the field goal there. I, that the one that's the one, and I haven't talked to Josh today. That's the one that I would have the most problems with. The one he went for, it gave himself a chance to win. He assumed that he was going to get the ball back. Now I know that's a big assumption when you're dealing with the Raider defense. You give up five yards on a running play when you think you have it stuffed on first down, and then third and two they throw up a sprint left option to Allen, Allen Robinson and they get the first down and you're, you're, you're basically out of the game. But to be in the game after you turn the ball over twice and gave them this opportunity is something. But I, I really I, I found fault with the fourth and two. So let me go through it here, Stormy. It's the fourth quarter, just the start of the fourth quarter. And the reason I had fault with this is because I'd watched the Packer game and the Packers only had the ball for 653 in the fourth quarter, yet they scored 18 points. They came back. They got it back mm-hmm. in the game. They had no business winning that game, but they did. Mm-hmm. And they came back in it. So when the when the Raiders had the ball, it's fourth and five at the Steeler 22. There's 13-18 to go in the game. You kick it there. Now it's 23-10. You come back down again. You score. Now it's 23-17. You, now all you need is one more possession. So that last possession was could have been the game winner, right? Mm-hmm. You could have won the game there or – they would have had to punt the ball back or they would have had the ball back with their defense. Mm-hmm. So I think to me, one mistakes compounds another one. Right. That's my point here. And I think by not going for it in the beginning of the fourth, I think that's the regret. Everybody focuses on this, the not going for it. That becomes the major of conversation. But when you understand game management, there's always a problem that occurred beforehand. Like in the Green Bay game, LaFleur went for it. He kicked the field goal, and that kicking that field goal at the time in the fourth quarter gave him a chance to win the game, and he executed, and his defense got stops. Now, he won the game because the Saints' field goal kicker didn't make the kick, but still, you get the point here. Yeah, an 18-17 win for Green Bay over New Orleans, but, but to your point about the Sunday night football game specifically, I think that's interesting perspective that your decision earlier in the quarter greatly impacts the way that things played out to close out the game. And I think that people get all up in arms, especially in today's day and age of analytics and going forward in well, certain situations the the next gen stats here on this have like had Vegas rolled the dice and gone for it on the fourth and four there, 13.8% win probability versus 8.5. And so right. I think that's where let, you let, let's talk about, let, let's t- call TV time out here and talk about that. Okay. And let's, shift our attention to the Vikings game. Okay. Great. And I love yes. this win. Especially because the Raiders play the Chargers next next week too. So right. All right. So now <laughs> here we got my man, Staley comes out here. Mr. Analytics. He's the poster child. Everybody loves him for analytics. Fourth and one at his own 24. I think it's a stupid decision to go for it. Some guy on Twitter puts up 88% if he gets it, they win. 82% if they punt, they win. 6% difference. He did the right thing. Okay, see, here's the problem with analytics if you don't apply it to the game, all right? 88%, what's the play call? Now, Staley, who prides himself on being Mr. Analytics, right, he's watched this game for 58 minutes and 30 seconds. 
He's called 14 runs, and they've gained 30 yards. He's called 49 passes, seven of which have gone incomplete. And the, My- and the Minnesota Vikings have only touched the ball three times. Three times they got their hands on the opponent passes. So it- it's only 88%. If I call a pass, what does that number go up to? If I call a run, what does that number go down to? See, it's incomplete. These, these predictions of game-win probability don't include the play, nor do they take into account what is actually happening in the game. Michael, I love what? how in sync we've become that you answered the question before I even asked it because I was going to ask you what concerned you most, the fact that they went for it in that situation with a couple minutes to play on their own 24 or that it was a run play and Josh Kelly gets stuffed instead of giving Justin Herbert a chance when he's 40 for 47 in the game. Like that is exactly it. Like what's frustrating more the, the going for it or the play call in the situation that's worse. Well, I mean, I, I, to me, I, I had trouble, trouble with both. I would have punted, but if you're going to be Mr. Analytic and you're the poster child and you're the greatest coach, according to pro football focus and every analytical community, then you have to throw the ball. You have to throw it because that's what the analytics says you should do. If you're studying, you can't have it both ways. You can't use analytics to cover up your stupidity and then hide behind analytics when you don't want to, when you run the ball. Like nobody's called them out on that. Why would we run it here? They can't even make a play on the football. Their secondary stinks. We've thrown seven incomplete passes. Even Keenan Allen completed a pass play for a touchdown. You tweeted, there is stupid, and then there's Charger stupid. (laughs) This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Looking to be a better better? Of course you are. That's why you're listening. And tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice Reel, R-E-E-L, in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book, but it is a tool that can help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly a billion dollars in bets from sports bettors all around the country. You can use that data to follow the winners, fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice like orange juice, real, R-E-E-L, absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your phone or Android device today and become a better, better. Back here on the Lombardi line, Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony with you as we get some perspective from behind the counter from our great friend of the show, TG, Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook out, the, out there at the Borgata. And obviously a ton of incredible results yesterday, some massive upsets, which we will get into in a moment. But I want to carry over some of our conversation from the last segment, TG, because we were talking about just the way that the Broncos got dogged by Miami yesterday and pushing that forward to some of the lines that we're seeing here for week four, where Miami, who was this massive winner, wins by 50 points. They're now an underdog against Buffalo, who's looked really good here the last two weeks. And the, the the Broncos are a favorite on the road against the Bears because the Bears are just that bad. Like, that is a fascinating line to me. <laughs> well, I think uh, we probably owe an apology to the Arizona Cardinals for thinking that they are the worst team in the league. Uh, that's all, all we heard and all we thought coming into this season. Oh, yeah. And the Cardinals have, uh, they literally, at this point, they're 3-0 and uh, on first half. If you've been in first half every game, you're 3-0. and and honestly, they could be three and zero at this point in the season. I mean, the the Giants needed a huge comeback against against them in week two. Same with the Commanders in week one. So uh, they've been in every game, and then obviously beat the Cowboys yesterday. Uh, but the Bears have taken their place. They they are the worst team in the NFL in terms of your of your power rating. So uh, that's why you have uh, the Broncos there favored on the road. Um, in Chicago. And then to your point about Miami and Buffalo, uh, I still have Buffalo, uh, a one and a half point favorite on Miami on a neutral, uh, that game is in Buffalo. So you're seeing the lines right now, about two and a half, uh, what you're seeing out there in the market, uh, for that game. So I think that's, that's priced correctly. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, obviously Buffalo looked great, uh, yesterday and as did, as did the dolphins, but, Right now, you have uh, two very bad teams uh, going up against one another in uh, in Denver and Chicago uh, next week. It's that game's not going to be pretty, but uh, I, I think the the right team is favored there in the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, what do the Bears do well? I mean, at least the Broncos. You can you know you can't blame Russell Wilson for being their main problem, right? I mean, what do the Bears yeah. do well? And when you're putting together power rankings, it starts with you have to have some kind of strength. And after this game, it's just not going to happen. I mean, Denver's power ranking is going to go way down. Their numbers are going to be, you know, when you give up 700 mm-hmm. yards, that's almost like two. That's that's three games, basically. But it's still not going to compete with uh, what's happened. No, I, Michael, I have Denver power rated uh, the same right now as, as Houston and Carolina. Um, and, yeah. you know, they're right there. Uh, you know, just above the Bears. I mean, yeah, they gave up 
it's it's not good. Ten touchdowns that they give up yesterday. This after allowing 35 points to a commander's team that was held to just three yesterday. So just, again, like putting a lot of these things together into perspective. Uh, how well did the books make out, by the way, yesterday, though, with some of those massive upsets? Because you do have the Dallas Cowboys who go down, the Ravens who go down. Uh, I imagine that killed a lot of parlays on your end. Yeah, I mean, and, and you include the, the Jaguars as well. And oh, then yeah, how could I forget? See, maybe have... I'm trying to block that from my mind, TG, my survivor <laughs> loser. Just forget it ever happened. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. Was that your only entry? Uh, no, I had three. I lost on the Vikings week one and then had both of them on the Jags yesterday, so I'm emotional. Okay. All right, I'm sorry to hear that. But So the Jaguars, they weren't a good result for anybody, I think, except books yesterday and uh, you mentioned the Ravens and the Cowboys. I mean, not too many teasers and money line parlays survived those games. So uh, books cleaned up on that. Uh, we don't write probably as much parlay business as other books do, but uh, we obviously had uh, a, a great day in those respective categories. Um, the the games we did lose, all, we had a big decision on the, the Browns and Titans early, didn't go our way, and the Patriots and the Jets, a uh, lot of Patriots money uh, was showing up here yesterday morning. I texted Michael early in the morning. Uh, couldn't believe how much New England money was coming in uh, here. So that one didn't go our way either. And then um, the Steelers and Raiders uh, last night, there was some, uh, some decent Pittsburgh money that we saw come in there late. But, um, I mean, overall, when you get three big favorites like that to lose outright, uh, you're, you're going to have a good day. I mean, the Jaguars uh, – went off as seven and a half point favorites, but uh, the Ravens, the same and the Cowboys, 11 and a half point favorites. And it's just, you know, if you had them, I heard everybody talking about, well, which one of these big favorites is going to screw up these money line parlays. Well, you take your pick out of the three of them because uh, there weren't many that survived there for those. Yeah. I mean, so let's spin it tonight. There's been, you said there was a lot of money coming on. Where did you close New England at three? Uh, yes, we, we closed three with New England uh, total 30. So the safety, the safety, the safety helped the, the safety helped that one. Yep. Oh, yes. uh, you can yes, only, absolutely. I mean, you can only thank, you know, I, I thought they were going to call a, I thought they were going to call a safety on the play before when Tipman, uh, you know, was holding, but he wasn't holding in the end zone, so they didn't. And then, of course, he holds the ball forever in the back of the end zone. But anyway, let's go to tonight. You're in. You're near Philly. Mm -hmm. This number's moving, been moving towards Tampa all week. Is it doing the same at the Borgata? So it did, and now you're starting to see some money come in here on the Eagles, uh, at least in the market, market-wide. Um, right now, we're at five and a half uh, on the Eagles, and you know, I think most places are at five. Uh, if you look at the odd screen, but we're, we're sitting at five and a half. I'm surprised we've got as much Tampa money as we have here. Uh, it, this game is being pretty evenly bet, but you're seeing some Eagles money show up here today. Um, the total is 44. That's only down a half a point from where we opened it. Uh, but, uh, you know, going into Tampa here, Tampa's been the surprise. I mean, they were – they were the team that everybody kind of drew a line through in their division. And now here they sit uh, in the pretty good, pretty good spot at this point. Uh, and the Eagles haven't looked like the Eagles of last year yet. Uh, pretty much the same personnel, but the, yeah, they're dealing with two new coordinators to get them in. And 
get them uh, acclimated. But I, I think this Eagles team ultimately is going to be just fine uh, as long as uh, the injury bug doesn't hit them. Uh, you know, they, they have a ton of talent on both sides of the ball, as we know, and uh, you know they're they're going to be right there. But uh, it's going down to Tampa and playing in the uh, heat and humidity. Uh, even though it's a late game, it, um, I, I think the Eagles will be just fine here, uh, ultimately, though, overall. I I think that in this spot, so I laid it with Philadelphia today. I feel like they're clearly going to be the more talented of the rosters, and maybe they're yep. because Baker Mayfield hasn't looked as bad as we have seen him look in the past. There's this thought process that Tampa 2-0 um, with the success that Baker Mayfield has had, that they must be much better, but they still were outgained by 127 yards against Minnesota, but it was turnovers that killed the Vikings. They only led by three late in the fourth quarter against the Bears last week, and then a pick six is what kind of gave them some separation. So I don't think they're as good as maybe just looking at them so far has shown. Just my two cents. Um, What about the second game tonight? And and Joe Burrow, obviously questionable. That's the big piece of this Bengals-Rams game. Where's the the movement been for you guys? What are you anticipating? Yeah, so, uh, you know, before Burrow tweaked that uh, calf last week, you you saw, like, the opening number about six and a half for this game. And then as soon as uh, that happened, uh, the number uh, got down uh, as far as one and a half. Uh, and now you're seeing it back up to three market wide here. And the reason for that move now that you're seeing towards Cincinnati, uh, you're starting to see a little bit more positive news around Burrow at this point. Um, he practiced, I guess, the last couple of days. He's saying he wants to play tonight. So you're, you're starting to see this number creep back up uh, on Cincinnati. But uh, originally when it was kind of looking uh, bad for him at, at the beginning of the week, you, you really saw this number plummet. Mm-hmm. Now I will say for Cincinnati, Joe Burrow has not looked the same. I, I mean, he didn't look good in his first week out there. You saw something looked wrong. He didn't move like he we've seen him in the past looked a little bit better, but then obviously they tweaked the calf. So uh a lot's going to be, uh, I think there's a lot to be uh, seen here tonight yet with, with how he actually is physically. Great stuff, TG. Appreciate your time. Thanks, TG. All right. Thank you, guys. That's Thomas Gable. You know, Stormy, that, that might, the way he framed that, it's really an in-game bet game too, I think. Yeah. No, that's, that's good perspective. And we'll carry over this Monday Night Football conversation with Jordan Schultz, NFL insider, who's going to join us next. Get the latest from his perspective on Burrow and more. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSN, the sports betting network. Put the VSN experts to work for you this football season and start betting smarter with a VSN Pro subscription. You can sign up now and save forty percent off our football season special when you use the promo code Lombardi. Get access to everything we do this football season, including our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VSN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember, use that promo code Lombardi. That'll save you 40% when you sign up on a football season special. Sign up today at vcin.com 
slash subscribe. Alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Tony with you in just a little bit. We'll have our guy Thomas Gable, TG, director of the Race and Sportsbook over there at the Borgata. Get some perspective from behind the counter, especially since we do have a Monday night football doubleheader tonight. And I'm sure that the, the book's made out like a bandit with some of those upsets that we already mentioned earlier in the show. Later on to close out the hour as well, NFL insider Jordan Schultz and in hour two, our VEASAN NFL analyst Mike Pritchard. Um, but to keep it rolling here as we recap all of the action from yesterday's NFL slate, Michael, we do all of the talk about Brandon Staley and what transpired with the Chargers in that spot, yet he is bailed out in the biggest way, compliments of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings who have yet another red zone turnover, Michael. It's unbelievable how they just continue to turn the ball over in the red zone. And, you know, what makes this game so alarming is when they get when they finally convert the whole drive after they got a stop, when they got that stop, when they decided to when Kellen Moore in his infinite wisdom thought he was going to invent a running game <laughs> after that, you know, I mean, hadn't, hadn't run the ball all day, but OK, we're going to run it down the most important play of the game. Let's run it. Oh, that makes sense. Good. Analytics says we should do this. OK, let's do it. I mean, they get the ball back with a minute 47 to go in the game, and the ball's at the 24-yard line, right? Mm -hmm. And they got plenty of time. Now, you know, they tried to run the second down. They tried to run it. They lost 38 seconds off the clock trying to run it. They get bailed out. They get bailed out because, uh, you know, Michael Davis gets called for illegal use of hands. And now they have the ball first and 10 at their own 20 with 55 at, – at, at the Charger 20 with 55 seconds left to go. They, and they take their second – they take a delay of the game penalty. I mean, that was the second delay of the game penalty they had. It was horrendous. Like, what are we doing? And they said the crowd noise was so bad that they couldn't really hear. Your own crowd. But your own crowd. Your own crowd. I mean, now you're first and 15, and you convert that. You get that fourth and five, and you convert it, right? And then you go down there, and you turn the ball over. And that's your sixth turnover in the red zone. You've got seven turn. You've had six. You've had seven fumbles already this season. I mean, the... Those turnover gods will get you. They really will. I mean, they really will. I mean, they have, there's minus seven in the turnover takeaway. They've had seven. They've had seven fumbles for the season. Seven fumbles. They fumbled the ball. They're leader. They're the leader in the clubhouse. I mean, the, wonder why the Raiders lost. They got six interceptions. This team has seven fumbles alone this year. Well, Michael, and that goes back to, you know, how often this offseason were you reflecting on the Minnesota Vikings season from a year ago and saying, you know, casinos can't let Kevin O'Connell in because this guy's so lucky. It's been the complete opposite of that here to start this season. It's been a comedy of errors and the turnovers have crushed them here through three games as the Vikings open up their season 0-3. They lose to the Chargers at home yesterday, 28-24. to um, Also, just some injury updates coming out of that game for the Chargers. Adam Schefter reporting this morning. Mike Williams tore his ACL uh, in the third quarter. He was having a great game, seven catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Before that happened, he's done for the year. This is after the back injury fracture that he sustained at the end of last year in that regular season finale against Denver, and then also an injury to Derwin James, who uh, hurt his hamstring. He was carted off the field as well, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I think to me, I, I think to me, you know, one of the things that happened last year to the Chargers, and this is one of I, I said on the GM shuffle today, we need to keep a, a streak going because Staley's on a great streak. The streak is Al Davis wouldn't have let him on the team playing coming home. It started in Denver when he played Mike Williams and he got hurt and he couldn't play in the Jacksonville game. Why did it start there? Because we know how important Mike Williams is to this team. 
We know how important he is because he gives them that play down the field. He gives them that big ability to make a play, right? And without him in there, now all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more of a problem. I mean, Keenan Allen, what, what do you have, over 200 yards yep. yesterday? Yep, and, 205, I think. But didn't score a touchdown. Didn't score a touchdown. Passing. You know, and now it's going to be a lot going to be a lot different. He's going to see more of the I mean, now this is this is why they drafted Quentin Johnson yep. from TCU because they wanted another big play receiver, but Josh Palmer's been playing. Now without Williams in the lineup, it's a whole other different game. Yeah, and I think this should be an opportunity for Johnson now, who's played 25% or less of the total snaps to this point, just five catches for 26 yards through three games. So he's gonna need to step his game up because that's gonna be a big void without a talent like that in the lineup. Um, let's push this forward to uh, another team that has a really, really good offense. And I don't think that any offense could have... Like, the Dolphins are still scoring, aren't they, Michael? 70 points yeah. yesterday. I heard you see say on, uh, on Follow the Money this morning that the stat sheet is overwhelming, and it really is when you look at this. What I think is maybe most impressive about the output and point production for the Dolphins in this spot who beat the Broncos 70 to 20 is that of all of that scoring, Michael, there weren't any defensive or special teams touchdowns. This was all offense. The Dolphins were incredible yesterday. And they didn't have Jalen yeah, Waddle. I mean, so like throw that in there as well. I mean, I mean, yeah, they didn't have Jalen Waddle and everybody thought we were going to be able to put, Sertan on Tyreek Hill. Yeah, shadow him. I mean, I got to watch the tape. I, I, I mean, I've never seen guys wide open like this in mm -hmm. all my life. Like, I, I said this, I don't know if you could do this against air. Like, <laughs> I mean, Sean's got to be completely, like, if you didn't have any defenders out there, how many yards would you? They had 10 drives, Stormy. They, had, uh, they scored 10 touchdowns, right? Yep. They scored 10 touchdowns. In these drives, I wrote it down this morning, they, they were forced to punt once. That was in the fourth quarter. Of the 10 touchdown drives, eight came on six plays or less. Five came on three plays or less. Like the one thing we learn in the NFL is we can't get beat over the top. We can't give up big plays. You go to the, you go to the stat sheet, all it is is big plays. Yeah. 350 yards rushing allowed? Are we kidding ourselves? Like I, you, can blame, you can blame Vance Joseph, and certainly he's got to share a lot of this because at some point as a coach, you got to sit there and say, all right, how do we stop the bleeding? I mean – the guy didn't throw an incomplete pass until the third nine minutes to go in the third quarter. He was on target. He was throwing. It was like a seven on seven drill. Credit. They deserve it. Couldn't get near him. Couldn't put any pressure on him. I mean, I mean, I look, I've never seen anything like it. I've been yeah. in this league a long time. I've never seen another team put 70 on somebody. Yeah. I've never seen the ball go up and down the field like that. I thought we were at the combine. Well, Michael, I thought we were at the combine. Guys were just running. Michael, to your point, you, you haven't seen it because the last time that a team had this type of point production was 1966. Like it is, it's it's absurd the numbers that they put up here. And they could have broken the all-time NFL record had they decided not to go for a knee at the end of the game. So it could have been even more production yeah. from an offensive standpoint for Miami. Gained 726 total yards on the day, second most in a game in NFL history. They are the only team in NFL history to rush for five touchdowns and have five passing touchdowns in a single game in the Super Bowl era. And then this, of course, makes you go back and think of the comments from Sean Payton back in July talking about the worst coaching job potentially in NFL history yeah. last year for what happened. And uh, he said, we're 
everything I heard about last season, we're going to do the opposite. And I guess, Michael, that is true because even that Broncos team opened the season 2-1 and one and had a plus 7-point differential. The Broncos now under Sean Payton, 0-3 with a minus 53-point differential. They've scored 69 total points this season. The Dolphins scored 70 in one game against them. Uh, and how about this, Stormy? Of all the play uh, yesterday, if you're Sean and you're watching this game, and you've gave up 70 points, and the quarterbacks on the team. I mean, Mike White was two for two, by the way, just so you know. They threw <laughs> and a it touchdown. 28 times. They threw it 28 times. We did not touch, the defense did not touch the ball one time. Not a tip at the line, not a play by a defensive back. They didn't touch the ball one time. One time. That's, a, I mean, that's, that's impossible. Like, Again, it's just execution. Like, we know the Vikings only touched the ball three times. I mean, you're talking about you don't when – you, when you look at that, who touched the ball, that's one of the first things I look at on game books is how many passes were defended. That means when passes are defended, that means the receivers are covered. I know we have these stats on there where guys are open, who's not open, yada, 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 bada, bing, bada, boom, all that <laughs> stuff. But at the end of the day, like, can they get their hands on a ball? You throw this – you don't get your hands on any balls? Are you kidding me? Mm. Yeah. Um, also, RIP, my fantasy team playing against Raheem Mostert yesterday. So that was not <sighs> ideal. Um, but How'd that go for you? Well, well, it was a rough had, day. Well, he only had a 147 yards total. I Four mean, touchdowns, you know, though, how would you, helped. How would you like to go against uh, Tua Tyree Kill? or I mean, Tyree Kill? Oh, now yeah. he's back to 157. Oh, yeah, absolutely done for. And, Michael, what I think still the most fascinating part of all of this moving forward, and we'll revisit this with Thomas Gable in a moment, was the lines this coming week based on these results because you have a team that scored 70 in a win that is now an underdog against Buffalo this week. And a team that's blown out by 50 is a road favorite. So we will get to all that in a moment. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line on VEASAN. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in all of the NFL action with great offers every game day. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw 5 down on any of this week's matchups to walk away an instant winner. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with the code VEGAS. New customers bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. So we got the doubleheader Monday night tonight, moving ahead to next week as well. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use that code VEGAS. Vegas, the crown is yours. Back here on the Lombardi line, we continue our Monday night football doubleheader conversation with Jordan Schultz, NFL insider, newsbreaker in the space, doing great work for the score. And uh, of course, the question on everybody's minds today, Jordan, is the health and status of quarterback Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals as they get set to host the Rams tonight. I know you reported yesterday that he was going to do a, a workout today, that he wants to get back out there with the calf improving. What's the latest that you're hearing? Yeah, so basically, you know, they've been Cincinnati's been obviously very diligent about this. He's he just signed the most lucrative deal in NFL history, and they want to take every precaution. But they also understand they're zero and two. We know he's a big time competitor, and they everyone in that building wants him to play. None more than Burrow. So he worked out this morning. It went well, and I think the team is optimistic about it. But they want to take this up to game time, not only for gamesmanship, but also because. They are evaluating every possible factor, I'm told, which also includes maybe most importantly, could he re-injure himself more? You know, if if he doesn't play, how much more can it heal? How fast can it heal? And what I was told yesterday morning and really the last few days was if he were to sit for a week or two, it wouldn't necessarily make him 100%. He'd probably have to sit for six weeks or so to really get back to feeling himself. And if he's not necessarily at risk of, injuring the Achilles, then it's going to be a discomfort level and how much he feels comfortable playing through that pain. So knowing all that, I'm optimistic that he's going to play. I wouldn't say um, he's certain, but I would say that given the workout this morning, the fact that they feel pretty good about his short and long-term prognosis, uh, there's, there's a pretty decent chance he, he plays. You know, but if he's not going to get hurt moving forward, if he can't re-injure it or you know, he's so young, the Achilles is not going to get re-injured, as we see sometimes these calf injuries manifest themselves into Achilles injuries as well. But to me, what, what was concerning watching him play last week was he couldn't drive the football like he was, could, and he can't really move. And this offensive line, for as much money as they put into it, has not played well. And, you know, last week they put, you know, they put, uh, somebody over Ted Karras, and he has struggled. We saw Miles Garrett line up over him in the opening game, and he went by him like nothing. I mean, when you isolate, if you put Aaron Donald in a one-on-one, he's going to come after Burrow. That's going to be a problem. I, I would be concerned about this, and I know they, they have a sense of urgency to win this, but you know, to me, this is a hard game for him, especially on a short week, where at least if he had some rest, he might be better off if he – did that because the other players around him, Jordan, I mean, look, Chase has 10 catches for 70 yards. 100%, 100%. I mean, we we saw T. Higgins pop against Baltimore, but Chase has not gotten off to the type of star, Tyler Boyd. And it's a good point, Michael. I would say that last year when they were 0-2, he was sacked an NFL record 13 times through the first two weeks. He's only been sacked uh, twice these first couple weeks, which is, 
I, I guess that's the only silver lining. It's extremely hard for me to sit back here and, and disagree with you though. When you, I'm curious, when you say he can't drive the football, so, so that means his plant leg, right. Is, is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's no, you know, everything about a quarterback is your lower body. That's why baseball pitchers run in the outfield. They have to strengthen their legs, which helps their arm. And when you can't drive your lower body or you have to tort everything from your hip, it's a real issue. And the ball doesn't really get to where it needs to. And in their passing game, which is not, you know, Tua doesn't have to have a great arm in Miami's passing game because everything's short, the ball's coming out quick, and he's just got to be accurate. This passing game is they're in 11 all the time. they got to win with talent. You know, there's really not a lot. And they don't move the quarterback. There's no boots or nakeds in this offense to separate. And there's very little play action. When you're in shotgun as much as they are, the linebackers just read the depth of the back. If the back's a little bit behind the runner, the quarterback, mm-hmm. it's a good chance it's a run. If he's even with them, it's a good chance it's a pass. It's also, I think they're bottom three or four since the beginning of last season in pre-snap and uh, not only pre-snap motion, but at the snap motion. Um, so there's yeah. not a lot of deception. I, I hear what you're saying. I, you know, I selfishly as a football fan, you want him to play, but given how young he is in his future, the fact that he just became the highest paid player ever. Uh, I just, I would, I, I'm always cautious, especially with quarterbacks and, uh, and knowing his competitiveness, it's like, it's like that constant, push and pull. You can imagine that, that this entire day he's pushing, he's pushing the play. He did make, I was told some, some improvement over the last few days. He is feeling better. I don't know what, what percentage that is, but uh, I, I, I guess that's worth noting. Cincinnati up from as low as a one and a half point favorite to three. Now with the optimism on Joe Burrow, Jordan Schultz, NFL insider, kind enough to join us here on the Lombardi line. I want to ask you about the situation that's going on with the New York jets head coach, Robert Sala yesterday saying he still feels that Zach Wilson is the guy that gives them the best chance to win. Uh, If you are the jets right now, how at risk do you feel like you are of losing the locker room if you stick with Zach Wilson, but, but also what are the other options realistically out there for this team, Jordan, that you're understanding? Well, they can't, they don't have the draft capital to make a trade. You know, uh, every team in the league that has uh, a quality backup is going to want something valuable in return. Some type of pick the jets don't have it because of what they've given up. Um, cap wise, I guess, yeah, they could go out and get a Carson Wentz or a Matt Ryan who says he doesn't want to play, but they've made it abundantly clear that they don't want to do that, at least externally. I, I don't see how they can't make a move. You know, Tim Boyle's behind Zach Wilson. He's not a threat. Wilson has been not bad, but downright awful. He, he's averaging under four yards per attempt. Um, you know, I, I didn't get to see the entire Patriots game. I watched about a half of it. I, I thought he looked just, um, Timid, insecure in the pocket, didn't did he does he's not he doesn't go through progressions like a typical quarterback who's in his third year. He he's just he doesn't scan. It, it, it's very strange to watch. It's almost like watching a guy who who's never taken a snap. And I understand that he's still young, but I just don't see it. Um, you know, to me, for them not to make a move, you you're at risk of alienating your alienating your locker room. I know that the players have been, I think, really mature with the media saying all the right things. But the bottom line is you, you have a Super Bowl caliber roster. At least that's what you believe you do, especially defensively. And every single game, every quarter that goes by where he's unable to move the football and produce, you, 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 you almost become 
get to a point of no return. So I don't see how they can continue down this path and not sign a veteran. And what are you hearing out of their building? I mean, we saw the blowups on the sideline, Michael Carter. We, we know that Garrett Wilson's unhappy. We know last year they were wearing Mike White T-shirts. Like, <laughs> what, is, what is the vibe out of the building that you're hearing? I think the players are trying to be positive because it's still very early. Um, but I think without question, there is a lot of frustration, especially defensively because they have played really well. I mean, I think this, this defense has a chance to be a top five, top eight D. I mean, they, they've, they've done a hell of a job. They have great young talent. They have to be perfect just to be in a game. You know, two years ago, Carson Wentz had 27 TDs and seven picks. I'm not saying he's the perfect solution, but he's better than Zach Wilson. I mean, the guy has, has, has the lowest QBR and completion percentage and in the NFL, it, 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 you cannot continue down this path. So there's definitely frustration. And I would say even defensively, it, it's probably the, the, the hardest because it, when, when you're playing per, uh, perfect or close to perfect football and it's still not enough, you're allowing when New England scored 13 points and you're not, you're not winning games, it's, it's brutal. I heard somebody ask the question earlier, and I want to ask you, the 1985 Bears, would they have won with Zach Wilson as their quarterback? Right? Isn't I, that crazy? That's a different era. Yeah. I would feel more comfortable answering the Seattle Legion of Boom era because that's that's more my era. If Mike says no to the '85 Bears with Singletary, uh, I'm going to say no to you the. Get, you got to gotta complete some passes to win. You can't. I mean, look, they lost yesterday. Should have been a bigger loss, and they they only gave up 15 points. I mean, 15, yeah. you're going to yeah. make a. Yeah, I mean, it's just to me they have to make a change, and I and I and I was one of the few that said you can't make a change, but they have no choice. He's going to lose his team. And here's the other thing: we don't it, what mask all these problems is the last two weeks they've given up 130 and 157 yards rushing. This is not an elite defense. It's good. It ain't elite. I, I didn't realize that. So you don't think they have. You don't think they have the ability defensively to, to be a top five? Is that is that too um, too aggressive? They haven't showed it so far, and teams are playing conservative on them, Jordan. Nobody wants to turn yeah, the ball over true. against them because you know what? They, they know that they know the other guy isn't going to score. Jordan, we're up against it, but cannot thank you enough. This is really really great insight. No problem. Thanks, Take Jordan. Care, At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.